Good morning. Happy Father's Day. Uh, this is my first Father's Day where I'm like my baby's actually on the outside. I can hold her. Um, and that's that's awesome. I got a really sweet card from her today and it was her handprint cut out and then uh, it, it was a piece of paper long and stretched out and it said on the hand it said this is how much I love you and she stretched out she said, or I, she, it said I love you and then it said I love you this much and, uh, and that's how long she is. It was right? Come on. Like, like my wife told me she had a card for me and she's like you're gonna like it. I was like you did not spend three dollars on one of those cards at the store. I'm against those because it's, it's robbery. Like, make a card. Come on. And good grief. I got it and opened it. And, hmm. Right? But uh, happy Father's Day. Not to make, not to be too Christian here. But, like, this is Father's Day. We have a, regardless of your, your, your situation with your dad, um, good, bad, indifferent, like we've got a Father in Heaven who loves us so much. And we get to celebrate that today and really every day. But uh, just remember that today, that... that God is our Father, and that's incredible to think about. We're, we're, we're in a series called Pause, and we're talking about Sabbath. And if you don't know too much about Sabbath, you haven't been here the past couple of weeks, um, I encourage you to get on, online at freedomfellowshipsc.com and check out the podcast. Listen to what Cliff and Donnie had to say, um, although I'm going to just do some repeating about because they've said so much good stuff. Um, I want, to, I, want to, I want to tell you some statistics, but, but I think sometimes whenever a, a pastor or preacher or, or just teacher or whoever you're listening to in general starts spouting off a bunch of stats, we get kind of skeptical, all right? We, we, we think, how do they even come up with these huge numbers? Because, I mean, like, I don't, it reminds me of a scene from a, a great classic American film. Um, you check out this scene from, uh, from this movie. So what do you think? It's <laughs> pretty cool, I guess. Pretty much the worst video ever made. Napoleon, like anyone can even know that. You know what, Napoleon? You can leave. Right? I think that uh, sometimes we feel like Kip. Like Kip was the brother. Napoleon said, it's pretty much the worst movie ever made. And, and Kip said, like anyone could really know that. Like sometimes I think that we, we hear these statistics and they're so big and we think to ourselves, no one could really know that. Like these things are... Are, 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 the numbers are just so big. I don't understand how, how anybody could ever come up with that stuff. So I think that sometimes we hear these stats and we just think, that's ridiculous. But I think they're helpful. I think that they can really help us to wrap our minds around some really big things that maybe can uh, bring some things uh, to light for us. So let me just give some to you. As Americans, we watch 250 billion hours of television every year a lot of TV, all right? The average American home, the TV is on for six and a half hours. Now, maybe you're one of those people and you're like, I don't watch that much TV. Well, good for you, all right? You can pat yourself on the back right now. Go ahead, do that, all right? But for the rest of us in here, we, 
we watch, we love TV, right? Like maybe, maybe we don't watch it all the time. I mean, with the things like a DVR, you don't have to be there whenever the show's actually on. You can watch it later. All right, with things like Netflix and Hulu, not only can you watch things when you want, you can watch it really wherever you want it. All you need is some Wi-Fi and you can watch whatever show you, you missed. Like we love some TV as Americans, right? You know what else we love? We love our cell phones, right? Uh, the 85% of Americans, this is ridiculous, 85% of Americans, and I think this must include babies, right? <laughs> 85% of Americans have cell phones, right? I, I, um, I heard a story about uh, a second grade, a second grade teacher was like, uh, I, had a, I had a second grader come in, and um, they were like, I accidentally brought my phone to school. What? Why does a second grader have a phone? First off, why does a second grader have a phone? Secondly, she pulls it out, it's an iPhone, not like, it, and it is... It is nice, right? I, I read a tweet from one of our students about a week ago. It said, if you've got an American Girl doll in one hand and an iPhone in the other hand, something's not right. And that's the truth. But, like, I'm telling you, everybody's got a cell phone now. All right, 85% of Americans have cell phones. 35% of those cell phones are smartphones, all right? And I've got a smartphone. I love my smartphone. I can get on the Internet and Google whatever I want, right? It's, it's convenient at right here. That's all I, I It's just right here. But let me tell you what, our smartphones, they're, they're awesome, they make phone calls if we really want them to, but really what we use them for, top four things we use them for, I guess, outside of making phone calls. Number one is texting, right, because we, sometimes it's just too inconvenient to actually talk to somebody, we think it's better to type it out and make them read it. Um, you know, me personally, I'd rather text than talk, I hate talking on the phone. I remember 10 years ago, whenever I was in high school, uh, I, had a, I had a buddy, he was, um, he was on just the cutting edge, and he was sending text, which is cool, but it cost, it didn't cost me anything. It cost my dad 10 cents every time he sent me one, right? <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. Uh, and the, the other, no, number two thing we do is, is we use it um, uh, to, to browse the Internet, things like Google and Wikipedia, which is a database of facts, and um, thirdly, Facebook. Good grief. We love some Facebook. Um, we, 500 million, there, there are 500 million active Facebook accounts. That means that 1 in 13 people on planet Earth have a Facebook account. That is, like, and that, that percentage is going to be a lot higher. Raise your hand if you have a Facebook account, please. Yes, my parents have it. All right? I'm sorry, Mom and Dad, but my parents have Facebook. Uh, like, we... we we all have Facebook. We all use it a lot. Facebook says that uh, the, average, um, the average time spent per visit is 20 minutes. <laughs> we, we, we get on these things and we just, we just look around for, for, for sometimes hours. Uh, and the number three thing we, we use our smartphones for is for email. All right, um, Over 3 billion registered email accounts uh, in, in the world. In, in the year 2010, we, we sent over 100 trillion emails. Not million, not billion, trillion. Uh, that is a lot, a lot, a lot of emails. In this time, in this, this world of constant connection, constant communication, we want to be able to talk to somebody, to, to text them, to email them, to Facebook them at any, at any given moment. So we, we, we've got that now with our smartphone. It gives us this capability. It's right here. It's in my pocket. It's not in my pocket. But it would be in my pocket. And so I could just get it out and just... Number four thing we use it for is games. Some of you are like, smartphone, you talking about that thing I play Angry Birds on, right? 
If you don't know what Angry Birds is, it's this cartoon thing where you launch birds out of a slingshot at these structures. You're trying to kill pigs. I don't know. It sounds really weird whenever you explain it like that. The pigs stole your eggs, and so you're trying to kill them. Violent video games. All right, but let, let me blow your mind right here. Let me blow your mind. Every day, over 200 million minutes of Angry Birds is played. That's every day. We log 16 years worth of gameplay. All right, my nephew, he probably, he plays that game a lot. I don't know. He probably puts in like at least half of that. Um, here, here's another. You, you launch the birds out of, a, out of a slingshot. Since Angry Birds was created, we've launched over 100 billion birds. Right? Look, there are less than 100 billion real birds on the planet. Here's the point, all right? We use technology a lot. We use it all the time. And I'm not saying that technology is bad, all right? I, I think that technology is, is, is a gift from God, just like food is a gift from God. And sex is a gift from God. Food is, is, is good, all right? Um, like, like a medium rare filet mignon tastes incredible because God made it that way. My mom's banana pudding that she makes once a year on Christmas, it is incredible because God made it taste good, right? But, it's, but, but, but sometimes, we just go and we eat until, until, we're, until we're sick. We, we become gluttons. We, we just gorge ourselves. And, and, and then, that's not, what, that's, not what God designed, that's not what God intended for us when it came to food, right? Food can, can, can become sinful, but it's something good. It's a gift from God. Sex is, is a gift from God. He was, he, it, it's God's wedding present to us, all right? Given to us so that we could enjoy in between a husband and a wife in marriage. In any other place, it's wrong. It's not bad. Sex isn't bad. Sex is good. But it's meant for husband and wife. Any other place is sinful. So I'm, I'm telling you, um, technology isn't something that's necessarily bad. Just like food and sex, it's got its place. It's got, its, it's got what God, how God intended it to be used. I think that the technology is the same way. See, Paul, whenever he was living in the first century, he didn't have to worry about people having iPhone addictions or uh, being addicted to their televisions. But, but still, people, uh, they were consumed by different things. And in 1 Corinthians 6, uh, 12, Paul says, um, everything is permissible for me. All right? And what he's doing there is he's quoting what the people would say to him. He, he would say, people are saying to me, everything is permissible to me, but not everything is beneficial. And then he quotes him again. He says, you say that everything is beneficial to me, but I will not be mastered by anything. All right? Um, Paul's letting us know that, that just because it, there, there's no law against it, just because there's no rules against it, doesn't mean that it's necessarily beneficial. And just because it's not... It, it, it's not uh, against the law. doesn't mean that it can't take over. All right? I mean, is your iPhone a tool for Satan? Is Satan trying to get at your heart through your iPhone? I mean, not any more than he is trying to use the little Debbies in the cabinet. All right? Technology isn't inherently bad. It's whenever we allow it to kind of take over our lives. It, it's, it, it's not... Technology isn't necessarily bad, but it's not necessarily always beneficial. And technology isn't always bad, but, and this is what I kind of want to, to, to press on for just a little bit here. 
it can become our master. If we allow it, we'll become slaves to it. It will become our master. See, Jesus kind of talks about this in Matthew chapter 6. He says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will love the one and hate the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. No one can serve both God and money. And honestly, you can take that last little bit there. No one one can serve God and money. You can take out money and put really whatever there. All right? And since today's topic of conversation is about technology, no one can serve both God and your iPhone or your Facebook account. No one can serve both God and your Twitter feed. No one can serve both God and the Internet or your laptop or TV or your DVR. You can't serve God and technology at the same time. You know, if you've been going to church for a while, you've heard that. I mean, this is Matthew chapter 6. Like, this isn't like some obscure reference. Like, we, 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 we've heard this. And where we know this to be true, and we honestly probably all believe this, that you can't serve two masters, we don't like to admit that this is anything that we ever kind of came up against. We don't want to admit that this is something that we actually struggle with. Because we know that to serve two masters, like that's essentially what, what Jesus is saying. is like, you can't worship God and anything else at the same time. You either worship God or you don't. Right? And, and we, don't want, we don't want to say that. We don't want to say that, 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 that we're, we're worshiping um, a different God. I mean, the first commandment, uh, is love the Lord, uh, you shall have no other gods before me, right? And the second commandment's a lot like it. He says, uh, don't bow down to idols. Don't worship any idols. And now we don't, like, literally put our, our phone in its docking station at night to charge and, like, light incense to it and put candles around it, have a little shrine set up to it. We don't literally, like, get down in front of our TV and bow before it or, like, sing praises to our laptops and about the Internet, about how great thou Google search. That was a stretch. Right. Like we don't literally worship it like that. Look at this. Our life, it's like, it's like a pyramid. And at the top of this pyramid is one thing. can only be one thing. Now at the top should be, and honestly needs to be, and the spot that is really reserved for is God. The highest, most important, highest priority Greatest love, God, at the top, should be, all right? And, every, and, and under it is the rest of your life, whether that's the people that you love, your family, your, your, your friends, the things that you love to do, your passions, your goals, everything else falls under that. And at the, and at the highest point, the most important, highest priority That's a spot reserved for God. But the truth is, really the truth that we don't like to admit is, is that sometimes, is God really the most important thing in your life? Like we will say that, oh man, good grief. What's the most important thing in your life? Jesus. But does your life say that? When we elevate anything to being the most important thing in our lives, Whatever it is, whether it's, and we're talking about technology, but whether it's technology uh, or a sport or a relationship or a person or your work, 
whatever it is, whatever it is that we lift up to be the most important thing in our life, that is your God. Little g. That's your God. Now, you might be sitting there thinking to yourself, Blake, are you really accusing me of worshiping my cell phone or worshiping my my TV or whatever? I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going on in your life. Only you can really answer that question. But what I think we all need to do, myself included, is we need to examine our lives. Examine your life like... How much time a day are you, like, are you constantly checking email? Are you constantly sending a text, receiving a text? Are you constantly just connected to this phone? I mean, how much TV do you watch a day? I know that right now maybe it's kind of calm, but then in the fall on Saturdays, that TV at my house is usually on most of the day. Like, do you burn through your Netflix queue a whole lot faster than you burn through books of the Bible? Like, what person, like, uh, whenever, whenever we, we, we break this down, you've got to think about how much, how much of your day are you reading the, reading the Bible or in prayer or even thinking about God versus how much of your day are you mindlessly clicking through photos on Facebook, mindlessly checking Twitter updates, just watching the TV just because it's on. Listen, Jesus says you can't serve two masters. Have you become a slave to the technology that, that honestly is a gift from God? Like it, it, It's a gift from God to us to make our lives easier. Has that become your master? Has it enslaved you? And your iPhone's pretty sweet. Um, it can do a lot of things, but it can't save your soul. There is no app for that, right? Just, or if there is one, it doesn't really work. Romans 1, Paul talks about how people have given up uh, worshiping the Creator to worship the creation. We need to remember that this technology is a gift from God. We can't allow it to be our master. And so that's kind of the groundwork that I wanted to, to just lay really fast. Because this series isn't about, like this isn't a sermon about technology is bad. Don't throw your phone out the window, smash your TV. I mean, you would not be able to hear me if it weren't for technology. This screens, all right? The, the, the band sounds good because of the technology. Technology is good. And this isn't a sermon against that. But we're talking about pause and Sabbath. And whenever I think about the Sabbath, my mind goes to the fourth commandment in Exodus 20. And it, it simply says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. That, that, that's the fourth commandment. All right, now whenever we think about the Ten Commandments, like, we don't question a lot of them. Like, some of them, they, they've stood the test of time. Stuff like, don't murder. Yes, we shouldn't do that. Don't commit adultery. No problem. All right, don't steal things. Okay, but, but, but then you've got the fourth one, 
and like Laura Beth, she's got five brothers and sisters, or six of them, and um, they would go to church sometimes on Sundays, and they'd come back to their grandmother's house where they always eat lunch on Sunday afternoons. And I remember I was there one time, and, and we were all, you know, dishing up our plates, and somebody gets a phone call. Hello? Yeah, this is Joseph, her younger brother. I'm still at the church, and somebody needs to come get me. They just forgot him, all right? It, it doesn't make him any, it's not that he's not important, it's not that they're, look. There's just a lot of them, all right? <laughs> but like, like the fourth commandment, we just kind of forget that one sometimes. We don't, maybe we think, you know what? That one was for Israel. That was for the Israelites. Because for the Israelites, that was real. Like, like what Cliff talked about last week about how uh, they, they couldn't gather the manna on the Sabbath. They couldn't cook it. It says that, that if they did, that it would, if they tried to... Um, uh, if they gather any extra, it says that, that, that it bred worms. And my Bible says it stank, which is funny to me. But uh, what, what I'm saying here is like, it was real to them. There were real consequences that they saw. But for us, we don't, we don't so much see those consequences. See, the Bible says to remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy. And from there, man added law after law on things that you couldn't do, things that you could do on the Sabbath even so far as to say how many steps you could actually take. But then we have Jesus come. And Jesus, he didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. That's what Matthew 6 says. He says that he didn't come to abolish, but to fulfill the law. And so now we're free from the chains of man's law. We, we're free from the chains of stuff that's made up by men, but, but yet... As Christians, we still need to obey, obey God's law. And when God says in Exodus 20, keep the Sabbath, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, that's meant for us. So how do we remember the Sabbath? How do, how do, we, how do we remember it? I think that, that Cliff uh, really nailed it, and so I'm just going to repeat what he said last week. We need to remember the Sabbath daily, weekly, and yearly. On a daily basis, we need to pause and remember who God is. On a daily basis, we need to pause and maybe spend some time in the Scripture, spend some time in prayer, spend some time thinking on and remembering God's goodness, His holiness, His grace, how much He loves us. On a weekly basis, we need to pause, take a day off, not work from home, not get all the things done that you couldn't get done because you, had, you were so busy at work. No, just rest. See, God, God worked six days. He, he made the, the world in six days, and on the seventh day, He rested. That's our example. Like If God wanted to, He could have just made six days where He worked all six, and then we'd work all six days. Or He could have made something like UFOs on day seven. I don't know. But He didn't. He chose to rest. That's our example. And then a yearly Sabbath to take a vacation, to just take some time off. I just got back from the beach, and let me tell you what. I try not to work, but I am going to World Changer Day, and I am preaching today, so I did work a little bit. But for the most part, I relaxed. Man, I enjoyed my time. I enjoyed my wife and my child and my family, and it was a great time of just resting. See, whenever it comes to remembering the Sabbath, I think that we do that 
okay. Or at least we know to do it. We know that, like, we, we want to take a vacation, right? We, we want to do that. We want to, uh, to take a day off of work once a week. And, and even if we don't, we know that we should pause every day and remember God's goodness. We know that we should be reading the Word on a regular basis. I think that we can get it whenever it comes to remembering the Sabbath. But the second part of that command was, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Keep the Sabbath holy. And this is what I want to challenge you to do. Like whenever it comes to keeping the Sabbath holy, that that means that we need to keep it separate. Keep it separate from the rest of the stuff. We need to protect it. And what I want to challenge you to do is to turn off the technology. When When you take your Sabbath, whether that's the daily, weekly, yearly Sabbath, whatever, turn it off. Like, I, and, and trust me, man, I, I am, I, I try to be on the cutting edge of technology, whatever, right? I know that my phone, I've got a Bible app on my phone. Whenever I'm getting ready for my sermon, I'm typing it all out online. I'm checking BibleGateway.com. I'm checking Bible.cc. I'm, I'm using the internet. I want to use technology as much as I possibly can. But I also know that Twitter Facebook is a click away. I also know that on my phone, I've got this Bible up. I'm reading the Bible. Good grief. So good. And then there's this little bar at the top where a little yellow envelope shows up. tells me I got a text or I got an email or I got a Twitter notification or I got a Facebook notification or I got something else or something's updating or something. Everything's just a click away. I'm not saying that technology is bad. I'm just not. But what I want to encourage you to do is to keep it holy. The Sabbath. Your time with God, unplug from everything else and plug into God. Let me just challenge you to do that. You got a problem with that? Like, I mean, like if you can't turn off your cell phone, maybe that is a master. You can't get away from the iPod or from the iPad or the television or whatever. You need to answer these questions. Who is your master? Because you can only serve one. What I want to encourage you to do is unplug. Unplug from technology and, and connect with God. Remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your goodness and your grace. God, for the way that you love us, the way that you sent Jesus to this earth to die for us. God, help us to just remember remember you on on a daily, weekly, and and yearly basis, God. Lord, when it comes to, 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 to keeping the Sabbath holy, to unplugging from all the other stuff, Sometimes that's just difficult because these things have become, this technology has just become so much of a part of our lives. But God, whenever it comes down to it, you're enough. We don't, we don't need these other things. Sure, th- this stuff can enhance. We can learn more stuff here and there. But God, you're enough. And God, as, as, as we leave here today, I, I ask that, that you would help us just to understand and to realize 
how important it is for us to just remember you daily, to, to, to take a Sabbath daily and to keep that time holy. God, I thank you so much for all that you do for us. God, and I pray this all in your name. Amen.